Welcome to the podcast. It is Jeremiah Schmidt. So in this one, we're going to be interviewing, or I guess I'm going to be interviewing Shiro's Aljula. And uh, this is someone who's worked for the UN, the United Nations. And I think that's really interesting. And she's studying a master's in public health. Uh, concentrating in global health. And before this, I didn't really know what that meant, but she explains her story. She goes through it. And uh, this is more than just the school stuff, though. There's actually a lot of inspirational uh, messages and drives that you can pull from this one. And especially, I think it's educational for people who are young and just starting off in college or even younger than that and kind of worried about the future. So I hope you guys can uh, take some insights from Shy Rose and apply them to your life and use them to push you forward and always be, uh, you know, no matter what happens in life, you're always kind of navigating through that and, and going up. So let's hop into the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this one. And uh, yeah, let's hop into it. What is public health to someone who doesn't know what that means? Like, Yeah, um, I get that a lot. And it's mm-hmm. really like, I feel like my answer sounds different every single time. And my friends would probably agree, like my classmates in the program. Um, yeah, public health is the health of the public. So you know, you can think about your own individual health. You'll go to the doctors, you'll get a diagnosis, you'll get a treatment, you'll get, you know, a treatment plan and whatever, and a follow-up checkup and everything. And think of that same procedure, but instead of you as an individual, it's a population or it's a community okay. or it's like a group of like a hundred people who are, let's say out of a hundred people living in one community, we know that 50 of them are suffering from, you know, uh, obesity, right? Mm-hmm. And so population health and public health would say, okay, what do we need here? What are some population level interventions we can apply um, to help this situation, like to, to alleviate some of these like health implications people are feeling? So they might say, okay, we need more parks in this area. We need more walking space. We need to facilitate a gym. We need a community center. We need a boys and girls club because it's maybe it's concentrated in children you know, and like maybe obesity goes hand in hand with having a low socioeconomic status. So you need some more employment opportunities. You need social support networks. You need all these other interventions that, you know, it's not prescribing a medication to one individual who will then feel fine. It's more like prescribing this higher level uh, intervention that will help multiple people at the same time. I, I think that's the best way that I could explain it like to my parents, for example, or like, you know, Mm -hmm. someone who asks what I do, even though what I described isn't exactly what I do. It's not what I study every day. There are definitely different components to public health, but that's the best way I would explain it for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's so interesting because like, it's something that you don't really like living every day in Canada, let's say I was born in Calgary, but you don't really Mm -hmm. think about all the components of like society from that big level. Yeah. So, so coming kind of like back to you with working for the UN, I know you, you did that. Like, what was your experience there and uh, what did you do there? I was there for an internship and um, do, like, completing an internship is a part of my master's program. Like it's mandatory and everyone does it, um, but you're on your own to find your own placements. So mm-hmm. they do offer some like connections or whatever that you can you know, email someone or connect with someone who the university has a partnership with and you can um, do a practicum placement with whatever 
whether it's like a health authority here in Vancouver or somewhere else locally, or you can go abroad and um, do whatever uh, you can find on your own. So I actually on LinkedIn searched up like worldwide public health, global health internships, like entry level internships, global health. And my goal was like, I really wanted to be in Geneva um, in Switzerland, just because the WHO, so the World Health Organization, mm-hmm. is um, headquartered there. And like just growing up in studying global health, we always hear about Geneva and the WHO and the United Nations having all their high level important meetings, like all the decisions being made. It's just always to me seemed like the place to be if you want to be anyone in global health. Um, so the idea of that, like to me, I'm just like, Oh, wouldn't it be awesome if I could just be there? Like, I don't care if I'm just taking notes all summer. Like I just want to be in that energy. Um, so that's exactly what happened. So I applied to a couple different places, Mm -hmm. lots of places actually. And I got, didn't hear back from a lot of them. And for some of them, it was like, Oh, we need you to start right away. We need to be, need you to be here for six months. We need to blah, blah, blah. Um, but then this one worked out quite well. So I was working with the UNDP, which is the United Nations Development Program. And that's the branch of the, of the UN that works on international development. So if you've heard of the Sustainable Development Goals, um, they were like the primary author of, of those, which are just super, super important to our entire world. Um, But I was specifically working with a team that was in partnership with the Global Fund. Um, And the Global Fund is like this global bank of like tons of money. And it's called the Global Fund to Fight TB, Mm -hmm. AIDS, and uh, HIV, AIDS, and uh, malaria. So three of the top like deadliest infectious diseases that, you know, burden the world. Um, and so basically this fund is just like donor money that is used and allocated according to their own allocation methodology across the world. Um, so wherever, whoever needs it most, the global fund will go and start a program and implement support enters with the global fund, which is a completely different entity. Um, and they, partners so that they can provide like the most optimal implementation support in countries where like resources are so constrained and like the governments are more corrupt and like it's just so difficult to be on the ground with the people and so the UNDP has experience in some of those areas and so the global fund is like hey you are like you have a good relationship with this country government um we have a bunch of money that we want to give to that government but we can't just throw money at them. Like we need someone on the ground to make sure that this all happens properly and that this is used to, you know, um, create outcomes in improvement for like HIV AIDS rates or whatever Mm -hmm. else it might be. Well, it's only HIV AIDS, TB or malaria, but basically the UNDP does that implementation support. So they act as like the principal recipient of the money and then they um, help the government like they work with the country government to sustainably implement that money and like achieve whatever outcomes they set out so I was working with that team yeah then there's like there's something that kind of separates like the people who do go on trips like that and like do end up traveling and working for these places it's like something mm-hmm. I, I don't really know the name for it but mm-hmm. it's I guess it's like being open-minded and 
you know, people and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't differentiate, like, it's never like one type, like there's not like two types of people, like people who travel and people who don't like, I don't think it's like that. I think it's different for everyone. Like, I don't know, like on a personal level, I, when I was in Uganda, I was at this stage in my life where I was just kind of learning a lot more about myself. And I was learning that medicine wasn't the box that I wanted to fit myself into in terms of career prospects. Mm -hmm. And I was realizing that there's just like more to see, more to do, like more things that I want to know about myself. Like what are my own interests? Like what are my own passions? What gets me going and stuff? And it just happened to be like, I was like 22 at that stage in my life, like just finished my undergrad. I had been rejected out of every master's program that I had applied to in the country. Mm -hmm. So that was like crazy that, you know, I thought I worked quite hard in undergrad. I, I did a lot of research gigs. I did a lot of like volunteerism. I got pretty good grades. I thought I was like, you know, a pretty competent person, but everything happens for a reason. And like, I think that I want like people to know that, I guess, like I got rejected from every single public health master's almost every single one that's like global health concentrated in the country. And so I was empty handed when I went to Uganda, it was because I had no backup plan or anything. Um, And that kind of just like landed in my lap. Like I was working for an office at the university of Calgary who organized these uh, uh, like study tours or whatever else it was like internships for the university of Calgary. And, I just graduated, like I had convocated and they had to pull all these strings to, I had to re-register as an open study student at the University of Calgary to even qualify for this program. And so I was there and I just like saw that as like, I was at this stage in my life where I was the most open-minded because I just was so liberated from like these whole ideas that I needed to do medicine, I needed to do whatever. And so I feel like there I was like, very receptive to what I was learning. Mm-hmm. And I was very like, you know, moldable. Like I was like, I'm ready for some, like a sign out there to tell me what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Like it sounds so cheesy, but yeah. it was that mindset. Like I was, I didn't know it at then I look back and now I know that I was there in that stage. And like that whole like few months of my life is really what brought me to where I am today. But if I were to compare that experience to Geneva, like, which was just like a month ago, a couple months ago, it was not the same. Like I was in Geneva and I was kind of more like, not as liberated, not as open-minded, like more on a mission, more on like, okay, I'm going to get this on my CV. I'm going to make all these networks and connections. Like I'm going to try to get like the best references for whatever I do next. Like I'm going to learn, 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 learn. But like, it wasn't like, I was swayable. I wasn't moldable anymore because I already found my grounding. I already kind of know what I want to do with my life. And so it's not about where you go. And it's not about like, there's a difference between people who travel and who don't travel. I think it's about like the mindset that you have. Like if you allow yourself to be influenced during your travels or not during your travels, like that stage of your life is so important in your twenties to like, just let that happen. Um, yeah. So I think that was like a really unique experience because of that, but not because I was like doing something super altruistic or doing something 
that was like, you know, very influential or impactful or anything. It was just that mindset that I went in with. Yeah. And, and I think that's see what I'm pulling from this is like the, like the ability to like never give up. Like it's, yeah. it's really inspirational. Shiraz. It's like you, you didn't give up. And then now you're in like a master's of public health. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it may have taken longer, but like you just never gave up and eventually it ha- it happens. Um, yeah, actually that's true. It is like a pretty important lesson for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like, what would you say to, let's say if someone was in your shoes, right? Like uh-huh. let's say this was Shy Rose from, if you could go back and you could talk to mm-hmm. Shy Rose from that day before she went on her trip. What what would you tell her? Like, what advice would you give her? Um. Um. Or so we, if I was we, was... Yeah, or or we we could even go back to like before university. Like, let's say a fresh university student, um, day right. one, uh, week one. Like, what advice would yeah. you give someone who's like super set on, let's say, med school, and they're like really closed right. down on being this, but they don't really know again, what the draft me, like, it's crazy even though like I'm a firm believer in like population health and I think a lot of people like populations in the public have so many commonalities that bring us together and like that's why certain health interventions work for a group and not an individual I still am also a firm believer in like everyone is so different like for me mm-hmm. first week of like first day of like university, like I went to a local university. I lived 15 minutes away. I lived with my parents for like the whole four, five years. Um, I went to the most, like I went to a very sheltered private school, you know, like Mm -hmm. I came to university. I was like very, it was a huge culture shock for me because I had been in private school almost like from elementary onwards. And I did not know who I was, what I wanted to do. Like, we didn't you know we weren't exposed to many options of like school wise like we didn't really know like what courses we liked we kind of just did everything I had the same friends that I had from when I was younger to like older and they all stayed at the University of Calgary and I loved them like I'm still all like friends with all of them but Mm -hmm. it was a very different experience like I can't compare myself to another person starting university or the typical university student because what I was going through at the time had nothing to do with my career. I didn't even care. It was more like, holy shit, I'm sitting in a class with 600 people. Like, I am nothing but a student ID, you know? And, like, in private school, it was, like, everyone knew me by name. Like, I was friends with all my teachers. Like, I got such good grades. I was on the basketball team, on the debate team, on the whatever. Like, I was just, like, so living this, like, very movie life. Like, <laughs> like looking back, and that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, university was just such a what is going on. And so I think I spent, like, a good three years adjusting to that and then at the last year it was like okay what do I want to do yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, like that's no this is this is cool like it's it's cool to see like someone like your story of like transitioning and like like really open open up and you know Mm -hmm. just change as a person what would you say to yourself, like, if you were to go back to Jeremy first year, first day of university, what would you say? Uh, like, I would say that I was totally clueless. Like, I was addicted to video games. 
I I didn't want to be in school. I like did not want to be in university. I was so mad. I wanted really? to take a year off, and um, I just felt like I was like in prison. Like I just that's literally how I felt about it. But like now looking yeah. back, I kn- I know that I've like drawn so many great lessons from it. You know, I met so many amazing people. Uh, I struggled mm-hmm. a lot, but like I got through it. But mm-hmm. I just, and I think most university students would like share that same sentiment for sure. Mm-hmm. But like I think looking back though, is I just like maybe I would say the biggest advice that I have to say is like I thought that I knew everything and I like knew how the world oh, worked. Yeah. But like now, like I'm just starting to realize, like I don't know that much, <laughs> like mm-hmm. not at all. And there's so much more out there. Yeah, well, that's true. All right, sure. all right. So I guess uh, I don't want to take up all your time, Charles, but I guess I'll close with um, I guess one more question. Sure. And um, I guess this last question is. So if you had to put up a billboard, right, and it had like one message to the general public. Like it could be like one type of thing that you think would be like beneficial for everyone to do or topics like that. What would it be? Or it could be like one piece of advice or like one word or. On a billboard. Okay. So this is different. So we study like communications as well. Like on a Mm -hmm. billboard, it had the opportunity to put something up to talk to like the general public right now. I'd be like, vote like go vote or I'd be like climate change is real or like you know what I mean like something that people need in their face like I wouldn't put some sort of like life lesson like be kind to others or something on a billboard because you're like okay but yeah I don't know I don't have like one like principle or like motto or something um it's funny I, I it's cheesy but like my Instagram bio since I ever got Instagram has always been the world is yours Mm -hmm. And I just like really like that. I just think that, you know, people need to be reminded about like that they can do whatever they want to do or whatever. Or like there's so much to see. Like it's your world. Like go out there and like see it. You know what I mean? Like you'll be inspired somewhere or Yeah, like I I, I totally agree with that. I think that's like so important. Um mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I guess I'll I wanna throw one one more question at you too. Uh so like where where do you see yourself in like let's say five years. Five years. Um, hopefully in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully living here in the city that I love and doing something good with my career, hopefully in public health, in global health. It's difficult because like, I see myself in global health, which is a very like, you need to be international, you need to be like kind of like around the world type of thing. But then I yeah. also see myself grounded in this city. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to get both the best of both worlds right now. So I'm hoping that in five years time, I find that balance. And um, yeah, like hopefully just surrounded by good people and my family and doing the best that I can with my time and in good health, hopefully. Yeah, and, and I no doubt that I think you'll have all that. Like it's, it's like so inspirational to hear your uh, story, Shiro's. Like especially in like the amount of time, like since school till now, like you've actually like done a yeah. lot, like a lot of a lot of stuff. And um, I, I don't guess, know. I don't know. I mean, I haven't done a lot. Like, well, okay. like it's okay. A lot of people have done a lot more. 
Yeah, but like I think you've that's done a lot too. You've done so much. You have like a fitness page. You've always like capitalized on your interests. Like you've always been like, this is what I want to do. Even this podcast, like I remember like meeting you and you were just like so like <laughs> my favorite story about you is just that the fact that you're like so open-minded to like meeting new people and learning from them. And I know that's like the motivating factor behind the podcasts as well. Like you just love listening to people's stories. And I just think that's such an important quality that more people should have, because if people like listen long enough to hear other people's stories, I think the world would be a much better place. But I just remember sitting down next to you at Mac Hall and it was like you, me and like a couple of her friends, like probably like Hilton or something. Oh yeah. And there was just some random girl quietly watching her show and like eating Chinese food, like sitting next to us. But we, we didn't know who she was. Like she was very evidently not sitting with us, but just there. And you sat down and your first instinct and she had like a mouthful of food and a fork in her hand. And your first instinct was like, hi, I'm Jeremy. And you stuck your hand out. And I thought that was so endearing. Like I thought I just could not stop smiling at that because I just thought that was so funny. And that like, you know, you enter an environment and you're like, I just want to know people. Like, I just want to know who this is. This might be someone that Shiro's knows or Hilton knows or whatever. Like, I'm not going to sit myself down and like continue a conversation without making myself, you know, known or aware, like comfortable or whatever. And so I don't know, I feel like that speaks volumes. And for some reason that story always sticks out to me. (laughs) Well, yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate that, Shiro's. And, you know, and the thing that I'm pulling away too is, like, I think people are, like, they all have these similarities or these things that kind of hold everyone together. Mm-hmm. And, like, you think, like, let's say you don't want to meet someone new. It's because, like, you think they're, like, different, but maybe you, like, have something that is in common. And, like, I think, yeah. like, you know, you can learn from anyone, anyone's story. Like, even in this, I've learned a lot from you, like, just not giving up. And just, you know, being open-minded and, like, taking opportunities. And, yeah, it's crazy crazy to think about that. I don't think I've done anything crazy special. Like, and I I think that's because, like, the people I surround myself with are just so amazing. Like, like yourself included. But, like, a lot of my friends, like, all my friends. Like, I have so many, like, good things to say about my friends, my parents, my siblings like everyone like everyone has done so well for themselves and I love like watching that and seeing that and like my friends would advocate for that too like I just love people doing what they love but um yeah like it's not I don't know I I won't say I wouldn't say that I've done a lot but I just feel like it is about taking risks like sometimes like I'll just be like oh I should do this and the next thing you know I'm in Uganda for four months and like there's a lot of people who would hesitate to make that move like hesitate to take that risk and I don't know what that is inside me that I'm just like I'm gonna do this like it's not like I'm like oh I'm I'm gonna do this like blah 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 it's almost as Mm -hmm. if like if I were to describe it it's almost as if I hold my breath until I'm there because like a part of me knows like subconsciously like I know that like this is gonna be an amazing experience but I don't like put that out into the universe and like you know like I don't like map out all my risks and like okay what's the cost benefit analysis of making this decision I'm kind of just like okay if I have personally at some subconscious level committed to doing this I'm just gonna hold my breath and do it and then I'll be there and then I'll be done and it'll be amazing 
And so, there you have it, guys. <laughs> if you have if you have something in life that you want to do, um, just do it. And it doesn't matter if you're scared, uh, you know, because it's right there in front of you. Uh, so, so Shai Rose, where can people find you on social? <laughs> My socials aren't very exciting, but like if you do want to connect professionally, I'm trying to build up my LinkedIn as much as possible. So just search up my name on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, yeah, that's Facebook if people still use that. I'm sure they do. All mm-hmm. right, guys. I just want to thank Shai Rose for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, this is a really motivational one for me. And um, I guess I'll just leave it at that. And we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Zenfulness Podcast. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jeremy.